Hey everybody, welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week we're reading Sector 64, First Contact. More like Sector 60 Bore Worst Contact. Just kidding, it's a great book. Please listen. My name is Austin Hanna. I'm Ganesh Sarma. I'm Shane Burklow. And this week, we are reading uh, a science fiction book with maybe the longest name we've had yet. Sector 64, Burst Contact. Uh, That's not that long. uh, There's a a punctuation in it. There's a colon. Oh. But we have had like daddy school. That's that's two words. Do you really want to? That's three words. No, this is, yeah, you're right. This is the longest name I've ever heard. (laughs) Well, the complete name of the book is... Sector 64, First Contact, a sex, Sector 64 prequel novella. Ah, I'm vindicated. <laughs> so the so it's like part of a, a series, and that's called Sector Sector 64. Sector. Correct. 64. Yes. Uh, By right. Dean M. Cole. Ooh. Love it. Love you, Dean. Um, Dean is such a that's a man's sci-fi name. name. A sci-fi name? I think of Dean yeah. Kane. Dean Koontz. Dean, Dean Both Koontz. attached to sci-fi. Oh, you think of Dean Koontz. When, you, when I say Dean... You say Dean Koontz? You say, I say Dean Kane. You say Dune, let's, I say Koontz. Let's, let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, actually, we probably shouldn't be talking about Deans in this day and age. Uh, <laughs> in, this, in this political climate. I say, you tell us the synopsis of this book, Ganesh. Why don't you read us a little... Is that like us, a Howard Dean joke? Uh, no. it was. Uh, I think Dean is a toxic man, masculine name. Oh, I think Dean's. If your name's Dean, there's like an eighty-five percent chance you're a rapist. Huh. Sorry, yeah. I mean that's wrong, but it's my gut feeling. Tough cookies, Dean. Sorry, Dean. As part of the Greatest Generation, Major Anthony Spinelli, a World War II fighter pilot, flew into combat to save his family and keep them free. It's what they do, baby. Well, Got to keep my family free. Two years later, he lost them in the blink of an eye. Why <laughs> he failed? <laughs> leaving Tony rudderless and without purpose. You're fucked up, Tony. Then my family, a, my plane, I got nothing. Then <laughs> on a dark moonless night in the skies above 1947 New Mexico, is that my plane? He has an encounter. That's that my will, family. <laughs> God damn it! They took it. That will change humanity forever. However, when an accident threatens to unleash unimaginable destruction, sorry, we should interrupt the synopsis. Tony yeah. must race against time and unwinding plots to save us. And maybe himself along the way. I'm always unwinding plots. So we're in this plot. And he's unwinding it right now. Thank Where's you. my family? Where's my plane? What's in the sky? I'll save you all, he yells. I thought to we the won the sky. War. Uh, well, I think that this sounds a little jingoistic, but overall, I could get into it. Sounds cool. So is this one like 30 pages long? Yeah, how many pages are we working with here? It's a cool 100 pages. says it'll take an hour and a half to read. Well, good news, wow. folks. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, we're going to read five of these pages. Yeah, we're going to jump around. We're gonna <laughs> and start. somehow take an hour to do it. We are going to read the first page. Boom. We're going to read the 25% mark. Bang. And the middle. Boom, 50%. That's right where it gets good. And then we have the uh, rising action. Nope. Uh, the climax comes up next around the uh, oh, 75% Who mark. Who knows what it is? But I mean, 75%, we do that part. Now, why? I don't even, like, honestly, if I'm a writer, you think I'm going to go with the old formula? 
climax, falling action, resolution. No. Mix it all up. Yeah, sometimes they really do that. Yeah, put the climax at the beginning. Yeah, why not? I make the first page the most exciting. It gets you really hooked, and then it's all let down. Just downhill from there. It's kind of like life. Like, you get born, and then it all sucks. Yeah, being born is great. (laughs) That's one of my greatest memories. I loved Uh, it. If only I could be born again. Maybe we'd be born anew in the glory of this book. Sector 64, everybody. Take me there, Dean. All right, Ganesh. Break us off a little preview of the remix. Read us the first page. Under a dark, moonless sky... Major Anthony Spinelli gazed east from the cockpit of his P-51 Mustang. Mm. Is that a car? That's a hot unit that flies. It's a plane. Oh, it's a plane. Yeah. Staring down the long runway, he nodded. Good a time as any. Then Tony sighed and squeezed the radio transmit trigger. You're really going for that voice for Tony? It seemed very strenuous. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) You know me. That voice will change multiple times over the next couple days. Yeah, maybe he's not a talker. Tony sees some shit. He's got the thousand yards there. Uh, Roswell, Army Army Airfield Tower. This is uh, Black Crow 3, ready for departure. Damn. Roger, Black Crow 3. The Army Air wow. Traffic Control paused, his mic still active. Finally, he said, Are you sure you're ready, sir? Tony knew the surgeon and knew that his question had surgeon. nothing. Surgeon. <laughs> surgeon. That's yeah, a sergeant. That knew that sounded wrong the moment it came out of my mouth. <laughs> I know you. Great hands in there, Doc. Hey, Surgeon. That's a Surgeon General. Tony knew the Sergeant and knew that his question had nothing to do with the readiness of his fighter aircraft. I'm fine, Rob. After a pause of his own, Tony sighed and keyed the radio. Now, if you don't mind, got an appointment with this morning's sunrise. The squadron's commander wants a couple hours on this old stang. Make sure the mechanics got it right this time. Okay, sir, listen, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. Damn it, Sergeant Johnson. How about you just clear me for takeoff? I'm not going to lie. I'm just picturing this as all one person saying all these things. Yeah, this is, I'm just picturing Ganesha in the cockpit of a plane talking into his hand. I miss my family. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Sergeant. Thank you for caring about me. I love you. Over. <laughs> Shocked silence streamed from the radio. Finally, the controller's voice returned, tight and curt. Sorry, Major. Black Pope Street. Clear for departure. That's, One way is right. Is that Tru- better? Truly that's, can't even understand you. Is that better? Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what he's saying, but it sounded super tight and curt. Yeah, that's a, those, <laughs> those are the two words that came to mind when I heard that voice. Tony winced, but he bit back an apology. Reread that line. <laughs> what did the guy, tight curt man say? I'm sorry. I want to know really what's really inconsequential. <laughs> After a brief hesitation, <laughs> he shook his head. That and should du- be the description of this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and dutifully repeated the takeoff clearance. Then he applied full throttle. The Mustang's 1,500-horsepower engine roared, and its 11-foot-wide prop quickly screwed the 10,000-pound plane into the air. Is that your 11-foot-wide prop, or are you just happy to see me? Right? Come on, Sergeant. Tony patted the throttle, purring like a kitten. Of course, it had always run smoothly at first. Oh, sometimes it crashes. And I die. It sucks. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Hey, it's the 40s. <laughs> Who knows what's happening in these planes? The glitch only manifested after a few minutes of flight, although Tony believed they had finally found the culprit. He expected an uneventful flight this morning. The Germans. The lizards. Oh, that's way cooler. A quarter hour later, as he guided the plane up to 20,000 feet... New Mexico. Feet, oh. Tony patted the <laughs> throttle again. Good to go. That's a sweet voice. None of the earlier issues had returned. 
Regardless, the squadron commander wanted him to make doubly sure that it didn't. The old man had instructed him to fly it for two hours minimum. Well, doesn't that depend on where you're going? Story of my life. Well, he's going in circles. <laughs> Get up there and fly in circles. Two hours minimum. Don't minimum? <laughs> Sergeant, please. Please. I lost my family. Please. Please. Oh, Tony wow. thought the commander likely saw this as a test flight for him as much as it was for the Mustang. He turned the fighter to a heading that would take him to a site only 75 miles to the west. <gasps> Not far, but better than flying in big circles. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, didn't know that was real. Bam, Dean. Sorry, Tony. Ah, Tony. <laughs> the destination was Trinity, the location of the first nuclear bomb destination. Oh, oh wow. That was in, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the yeah. American Southwest. Yeah. It was... What a jewel. Just uh, keep going. Love it. Beautiful place. Bomb the shit out of it. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> it's a Grand Canyon. That's Beautiful. how we made it, right? We dropped the bombs. Mm-hmm. Boom. National wonder. Tony shook his head. He couldn't believe that only two years had passed since that first nuclear test in 1945. Yeah, I remember it fondly. <laughs> well, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you stopping? Sorry. The entire world had changed in those 24 months. A world war had ended and a cold one had replaced it. Ooh, but none of that mattered now. Not after what happened to his family. The lights of Roswell Army Airfield disappeared behind him. Tony looked overhead. High clouds obscured even the stars from view. In the dark, moonless night, he couldn't see a thing through the fighter's canopy. I'm going to guess there's no moon out there tonight. Absolute blackness filled it as the entire universe had disappeared. What happened to your face? That's his inner monologue. Leaving Tony in his airplane in the black void that matched his mood. Christian Bale's Batman is here. Yeah, he's got a dark brain because his family's dead. That's a really sad sentence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. He's well, a, that's on my tombstone. He had a dark brain because his family's dead. <laughs> there, you, there you have it. First page. Oh, that was bleak. Right. Feel for the guy. And we have liftoff. <laughs> hey, now. Whoa. Oh, wow. Bing, bang, bong. All right, so he's flying around. Uh, not in a circle, thank God. No, he's breaking the rules. Breaking all the rules. I'm flying straight. And then hey, I'm sorry, coach. <laughs> I'm going in a line today. Coach. What is this, like a high school team? Yeah, it's a no. Okay. Am I mistaken, or is he flying to uh, a site that's probably full of radiation? Oh, yeah. With, because no, he's in an airplane, though. But they didn't then. know about that stuff. Oh, yeah. They didn't know about cancer back then. Yeah. They I mean, just they saw, did. like, a big fire, and were like, ooh, yeah. Nukes were good. Smoking was good. Yeah. Everything was good. Light your cigarette on the nuke. Yeah. That's what Yeehaw. I... Yeah. Um, well, you know, I feel like I wish that there were aliens in that first scene, but I guess we'll get there. Uh, sounds like something's cooking. Yeah, the, uh, trip really to the nuclear. want to know what's going on with, with <laughs> the aliens. That's the story of the whole podcast. Really like to know what's going on. Uh, how about we uh, jump ahead to the twenty five percent mark, Anish? All right. Are you ready? Have we covered the? I mean, the first page is pretty uneventful. I'd say. I mean, I yeah. like it, but well, we know what he's working with. He's yeah. got a, a he's got Mustang, a Mustang yeah. zooming through the air. Zip zap. There he goes. Uh, all right. <laughs> to see some aliens uh well see them in my head as you read aloud uh let's hit the 25 percent mark ganesh go tony opened his eyes and blinked against the harsh blue light that filled his vision ah uh, here you go austin oh. his head felt as if it would split squinting he tried to find something to focus on a firm surface supported his prone body 
Rolling his head right, Tony saw that he was lying on his back on a tilted floor. Oh, hell yeah. About 20 feet away, the gray deck merged with a curved glowing wall. Sounds like he's in the Gravitron. Hell yeah. Yeah. Remember that ride? Yeah. No idea what that is. Spun you around real quick. You you stand up against the wall. Or like at the county fair. Every single fucking place has this. Yeah, you walk in, it looks like a UFO. You stand up on the walls. And then it spins you around. Oh, I don't do that. And stuff. you get stuck to the walls, and you could spit, and it would fly and like land on. People. I'd throw up immediately. I, I thought it would just fly back into your face. I don't if, know. If you were to throw up, that throw up would just go right back onto your face. I got spit on on it, so I know oh, well, you can spit on others. That maybe it was a personal thing. Yeah, I anyway, was bullied on the ground. You probably deserved it. <clears throat> I spit on them all the time. Thanks, guys. This is good. His headache eased a notch, and the brilliance of the walls and ceiling no longer seemed quite as harsh. He looked left and saw a thick column running floor to ceiling in the center of the room Mm-mm-mm. that he now realized was circular. <laughs> God damn that column. Wow. Tony tried to look toward his feet, but the back of his head stuck to the floor as if he had laid it on a large wad of chewing gum. Oh, Ooh. not again. <laughs> this is what my son used to do. <laughs> God, sorry. What? <laughs> sorry, I just think Tony uh, is troubled. Yeah, seems like a sad guy. This dark brain. He's in a lot of trouble right now. It gave enough that he saw raw daylight shining through a hole in the wall about 20 feet away. He was in the ship. <gasps> Tony tried to sit, the to Mustang? bolt no. upright and run for it, but the gum beneath his head pulled him back down. God damn it. He tried to raise his arms and discovered they were stuck as well. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot. Ooh. Tony froze. It hadn't been the word cannot, more like hearing the meaning behind it. But even more disturbing, he hadn't actually heard it at all. Wow, Ganesh, this is going to be a real challenge for you, portraying a uh, feeling. Yeah, or like <laughs> telepathy. How, I, what's I your, got this. That's your telepathy voice? Cannot. Cannot. Hey. Hello. The Hello? word's intention had echoed in his head, not off of the glowing walls. He broke from his trance and fought mightily with his restraints. Let me go, goddammit. Cannot. <laughs> the maddeningly calm voice, non-voice repeated. Tony stopped struggling. He tried to look around the room, seeking the source, but this time the gum held fast. He couldn't move his head. Then the woman in the Air Force uniform with its backwards name tag what, what? stood from behind him. She had been squatting above him on the tilted floor. Looking up, Tony regarded her through furrowed eyebrows. Let me go! She shook her head. Her lips didn't move, but the thought rang out clearly. Cannot. All right, we get it. Change <laughs> yeah, the record, yeah, lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why the hell not? <laughs> a barely perceptible smile curled from the corners of her closed lips. The non-voice and its intentions returned, but her mouth didn't move. Good. You understand. Tony only understood one thing. This woman wasn't Russian. Hell, oh. she probably wasn't even from Earth. No, that's yeah. a big jump to make. Yeah. You are correct. Not from your world. Tony blinked in surprise. What? I, I didn't say anything. Come on, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Thoughts I hear, as do you. That's my favorite 90s band. <laughs> Tony felt his heart racing. He fought against the bindings, but couldn't break free. He screamed with frustration. Through a growl, he yelled, Let me go! Really repetitive stuff here, Tony. She's not going to let you go. Cannot, is what I heard. God, listen to the rules, Tony. (laughs) The woman's Mona Lisa smile faded. Now she looks sorrowful. Oh. Cannot. Mona Lisa kind of looks sorrowful. Or mischievous. Hmm. Or 
pleased. Let's get into this. Tony felt a twinge at the back of his neck, just below the base of his skull. Then he remembered the gray goo, the pain and losing consciousness. His eyes widened. What did she do to me? I hated that. (laughs) I didn't like that goo. And I don't like losing consciousness. Where's my Mustang? Sorry, we usually sedate for that. For what? What did you do? Poke your butt. (laughs) Tiny. Got you right up the butt. In brain. Hey, little poke. What? You put a machine in my head? Tony felt his heart rate redouble, as did his breathing. She shook her head. Machines. Not one. Millions. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, I'd love to have millions of machines in my brain. Yeah, help it out. Micro-machines. Ooh. Seeing Tony's widening eyes, the woman held up a hand. Calm. No hurt. Machines tiny, like virus, but good. Oh, it's good. I yeah. like Facilitate that. communication. Her Mona Lisa smile returned. Facilitate understanding. Aww. I put little machine bugs in your brain so we can talk. I love you. <laughs> Big brother much. Wow, <laughs> slick social commentary. Yeah, whoa. Lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Her smile broadened and she nodded. Machines facilitate calm Tony wanted to scream, wanted to yell at the woman, but he could no longer muster the energy or anger. It's those bots. <laughs> what are you doing to me? He said in words that seemed to lose import mid-sentence. She's been pretty straightforward about this. The yeah. woman didn't answer. She just stared at Tony expectantly. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I mean, unless you want me to keep going. Let's go a little further. Yeah. Let's see what's what's cooking. Yeah. Unbidden, a stream of images, thoughts, and emotions flowed through his mind. Oh, yeah, porno. <laughs> My family. <laughs> oh, not not the same. Well, oh. maybe, maybe who knows? Oh, no. hey, this is Tony. I don't judge Tony. Each elicited the associated word, heard but not spoken aloud. He's a broken man. They ran through his mind like cars of a freight train driven through an intersection at top speed. He's got a dark brain, dude. In spite of the calming effect apparently imparted by the little viral machines, Tony's hands clenched into fists and he ground his teeth together. Chill out, Tony. The sensations threatened to overwhelm him. Then the stream disappeared, leaving Tony in a welcome sensory void. Hell yeah. I'd love to hang out in a sensory void. Yeah, that's my dream place. Oh man, that's what I'm aiming for with this podcast. What was that? The woman stepped up to Tony's side and dropped to a knee. She cocked her head. The machines learned your language, she said, speaking audibly for the first time. Oh, sounds the same. She had a strange accent. (laughs) Now they teach me. She paused and cocked her head sideways. English? Downloading. (laughs) The odd accent sounded like that of a South African army captain. (laughs) I am not. I am not doing that. You know that accent. I don't break out your South African army captain accent. (laughs) You know you've had that one in your back pocket just waiting to bring know, it up. You've been practicing all week. Come on. We yeah. know you have. You've been bragging about your South African uh, army. Regular Trevor Noah over here. Yeah. Uh, oh, weird. All right. Go ahead. Why? He's South African. Yeah, but he's not an army captain. True. Whom Tony had served with. Yeah, but he does accents. Oh, get back to God, you just get your head in the game. Whom Tony had served with in the war, but the woman's speech sounded mechanical. Her sing-song cadence emphasizing the wrong parts of the sentence. Wow. Well, this seems like a precarious situation for Tony. I don't know who this woman is. I actually thought you picked a pretty good voice for that. Thanks. It was good. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a bold choice and it paid off until the South African stuff, but we'll pretend like that didn't happen. Uh, it's a hard accent. Yeah. So, so far it seems like Tony's been abducted. Uh, not in a great spot. He's stuck to the floor. 
to the gum on the floor. Yeah. Even Family, worse. still gone. Don't forget, he's a broken man. That's right. He's broken. His plane might be broken. Uh, his plane is nowhere to be found. He's in a weird vessel. I wouldn't blame him for just killing himself. He can't. He's stuck. Oh, shit. Can't even do that right. Even worse. Those machines aren't doing very well, though, because he's really angry. Yeah, it seems like if you had a million machines in a guy's brain, you can make him feel like okay with the situation. Yeah, you can make him feel anything. Make him be able to do whatever you really want. On the bright I mean, side, it seems like he made a friend there. Yeah. She seems nice. I'd hang out with her. She seems pretty cool. She's Way cool. chiller than Tony. He's a bummer. Yeah. So she's sort of humanoid, or at least portraying a humanoid to him. To him. So where, where do you guys think well, the story's going? Because quite frankly, I have no idea. Well, yeah, seems, I, so far it seems like a pretty classic alien story. That a man pilot has been uh, abducted now. I think they're going to become friends. Yeah, and I think maybe he's going to go back to their home world. So or if they're friends, then who's the um, who's the bad guy? Who's the one that's ever to be a bad guy? Think outside the box. I mean, you never you ever read a demon? What's his name? Book this guy is all over. The yeah, map. this could go off the rails. It could just be all out war on Earth. Dean Kane, right? He wrote this book. Tim Kane, Superman. Shit. Uh, Dean Cole, Dean M. Cole. Oh, I thought it was Dean Kane this whole time. Well, yeah, he can't write. No, all Dean Kane can do is act as either Superman or a domestic abuser. Yeah, well, Those he's are on, his two believable He's on roles. Fox and Friends, too. Is he? Yeah. Oh, Dean. Dean. Oh, I think I like Dean Cole better. Yeah, Dean Kane sucks. You, you suck, Dean Kane. Fuck you, Dean Kane, you dumbass piece of shit. So far, we've got a pretty standard alien uh, story. Uh, a man, a pilot, abducted by aliens, and now he is apparently in their possession. Stuck on some gum. Stuck in some gum. Now we're yeah. jumping ahead to the 50% mark. Let's see if he's gotten off this ship or if he's... Uh, got out of that gum yet, Maybe he's disemboweled. Oh, that would suck. Uh, I'd be way more interested in that. An hour later, Tony and Strem stood in the center of Hoover Dam's massive generator room. What? Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Strem? Strem, I believe, is uh, the alien female. Strem. Strem. The person that he was talking to cannot? Cannot. Correct. Cannot. I should have just called her cannot. Cannot. Call me Strem. Strem. <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. Strem. Beautiful name. A giggling little boy pointed at Strem's <laughs> ill-fitting khaki pants. Strem, Strem. <laughs> I have a hard time believing Strem is the alien wearing Strem ill-fitting is, khaki pants Strem at the Hoover Dam. Strem is some khakis. <laughs> hey, hey, lady, expecting a flood? Hey, lady. Hey, lady. Harvey, you got a flood Harvey, Harvey Firestein's back. Yeah. Strem is like, no, no we flood. Need, we, no. Need a, we need to find a role for Harvey Firestein in every book going forward. He could be Strem. Hello. Hello, can, it's can, Strem. Can I? <laughs> she glanced toward the generator room's back wall with a confused look. Hoover Dam formed that end of the large room. She tilted her head, looked back at the boy. No, your <laughs> dam is structurally sound. I don't think it will fall. Aww. The so, boy rolled his eyes and then looked as if he was ready to say something else. But Tony waved him away dismissively. And then shot him. So Boom. aliens, this is what my problem is always with aliens. They... Alright, they're super advanced. Advanced enough to like come to a different planet. Sure. But they have no... like. 
sense of like sarcasm or like humor or no, yeah, irony or like or nuances. That's what that's what makes humans humans. No, that makes sense points. because art and humor just gets in the way of success. Honestly, oh. like, humans are all killing each other because they're too emotional. These are like some freak robot people who are just like, we got to get off this planet. We're going to build a ship. No time for fun and games. We're all busy down here doing drugs, laughing it up, having fun, making podcasts, swimming, sw- sw- swimming even. Yeah, if you could believe it, believe it. Scram, kid. The little boy left and ran back to the tour group. Ha <laughs> ha, loser. <laughs> Their guide raised an arm. Now, if you'll follow me, folks, I'll show you the damn inner workings. They're taking a tour of the Hoover Dam. <laughs> and that dude just, that little kid just wrecked her with a flood joke. Somewhere. Oh, that kid is good. Yeah, that kid's fucking killing it at the dam this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say somewhere within the t- last 25%, this guy went from being trapped on the spaceship to touring the Hoover Dam with his captor. I would love to know what happened in between. They're buds, probably. <laughs> Do you, we'll Stram, you want to check out. out the sweet dam? Stram, I thought you had a you, you weren't into me, but now I think I want to go check out the Hoover Dam with you. The Hoover Dam at this point is like twenty years old. Yeah, it's like a brand new dam. Yeah, damn, that's a new dam. <laughs> God, God damn, that's a dam. The man smiled at his overused play on words. Listen, it's a free podcast, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Tony rolled his eyes and looked at Strem. What do you want out of it? She suddenly coughed and winced. She can cough? Ooh. What is like, burp, She's burp. Got- <laughs> Cannot burp. The kid, the, the kid screamed and ran as he coughed alien blood all over I him. think I caught cold. Burp, burp, burp. She's got earth fever. <laughs> Tony <laughs> placed a hand on her elbow. Are you okay? <laughs> can you actually just touch my elbow? I feel He's like, getting into the role. I feel like I'm in this book. An odd look crossed Strem's face, but then she nodded. They wore matching his and her Hawaiian shirts and khaki pants. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what? what happened? Boy, what a nice, pleasant They're twist. really like buddying it up. Yeah, they're drinking uh, margaritas with little umbrellas in them. Yeah. At the Hoover Dam. Got my khakis, my, tropi- my tropics. Yeah, they went, all, they went to, uh, what's the name of that place where you buy those? Um, Banana- Tommy Bahama. Tommy Tom Bahama, Bahama, that's right. They went on a Tom Bah- Tommy Bahama shopping spree with space bucks. Clothes that Tony had pulled from his closet. Strem was taller than his wife had been, Sad. but the sight of those clothes and their associated memories still tore at his heart. Ah, uh, my dead wife. Now I have this alien woman with, with me. Wearing her, wearing her clothes around. Beautiful. Not wanting to start down that path again, he shifted his focus to the can canvas backpack. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> that hung from Strem's shoulder. He tugged it and pointed to a side door. She nodded and then coughed again. Oh, the classic Hoover Dam side door. <laughs> yeah. Get out this way. Where does this go? What? <laughs> <laughs> Not that door. Any door, but that Oh, Strim, you don't want to go out that one. <laughs> She's coughing on the way down. <laughs> oh, no. My wife and now Strim. Seeing, <laughs> seeing t- Tony's concern, Strim said, I am fine, but we are running out of time. Oh, they have an objective. They're not just on a leisurely vacation. <laughs> They're on a mission to save the dam. <laughs> this dam's going to blow. Tony I've come re- to your planet to tell you, the dam is going to blow. <laughs> <laughs> Tony returned to the nod. For all he knew, the military might be hot on their heels, Ooh. and he had no idea what they might be doing with the antimatter chamber. Oh, damn. wow. Okay. He yeah. guided her to the back of the group. When the rest of the tourists passed through the large double doors at the back of the facility, Tony and Strem darted into the side room. In its dark interior, Tony whispered, Let's hold here for a few minutes. Make sure they don't come back for us. I bet they're uncomfortably close in there. Yeah. face-to-face action. Maybe a mop. Yeah, there's a mop. They're, like, knocking it around. (laughs) They're like, ooh. They're like, shh, shh, shh. 
She's like, I, Tony, I can hear your bots in your head. Something's weird. <laughs> oh, boy. Nothing more romantic than the head, the, the brain machines. Okay. Strem said and then covered her mouth that she stifled another apparently painful cough. <laughs> oh, boy. Sexy. <laughs> After giving her a concerned glance, Tony looked around nervously. Tell me again. Why couldn't we just tie into the power lines outside? Wait, whose voice is that? That's Tony. <laughs> Tony's got way casual. It's good. Keep it cash, Tony. Strums. He's in his like Hawaiian shirt. That's right. He's got his Tommy Bahama on. He's feeling loose. Yeah. He's had a couple daiquiris. He's on a mission, which he loves. <laughs> I love the mission. Because he's a pilot. Strem shook her head. Those wires are too thin. We need to tap directly into the source. That's what she said. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but this place has armed guards. This, this could end badly. Why does the Hoover Dam have armed guards? Is that real? Probably. Like she everything is armed guards. Oh, that's true. But in the 40s? Yes, it could. Her tone told Tony that she wasn't talking about the guards or anything in the state of Nevada. Yeah, that tone really was very emotive. <laughs> well, her tone and the state-sized mushroom cloud that the tiny machine suddenly pumped into his mind's eye. Uh-oh. Tony frowned. I'm thinking for the first time. Wow. Not helping. I see pictures in my head. Hey, I'm hungry. Stab. <laughs> What's her name? Strem? Strem. Strem. You got any mushrooms? I'm hungry. I could use a little snack over there. <laughs> a moment later, they appeared from the small room and scanned the cavernous facility. A few technicians were working on one of the furthest generators, but their backs were turned to the two stowaways. Just banging on the generators. Yeah, hammering. Clank, clank. Looks good. We gotta stop the water from getting through. During the tour, Tony had seen a couple of armed guards roaming the room, but he couldn't see either of them at the moment. He held a palm towards Strem. Wait here. Then Tony pointed to the corner behind the nearest generator. I'll go first. Hell yeah. Strem nodded. Brave. Be careful. <laughs> Strem loud out a large whooping cough. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Strem, you blew our cover. Strem, shh. <laughs> trying to Shut up, Strem. around here. <laughs> Strem. Strem, please. Quiet. Please, Strem. They're armed guards. <laughs> Tony scanned the facility again and then returned the nod. Feeling exposed, he slid through the door and scrambled across the open space, wincing at every sound emitted by his rubber-soled boat shoes. (laughs) What a choice. What a freaking nerd. (laughs) I shouldn't have worn my boat shoes. Ah, damn. Damn, this... Oh, damn. Ah, damn. Finally, he darted behind the designated machine. No one shouted. No alarms rang out. Hey. After peering around the corner and seeing the technician still working on the far generator, Tony waved for Strem to cross. She scurried to his hidden corner. Come on now, scurry! <laughs> Again, no alarms raised. Without how, hesitation... How do I scurry? Like this! He's like, <laughs> gesturing it. Strem stepped up to the top of the massive hydroelectric turbine. The backpack hanging from her shoulders suddenly lost its shape and flowed from the woman's torso. Hmm. Tony shook his head. He'd seen the liquid movement of the viral machine several times now, but it still amazed him. Oh, what? <laughs> like thickened mercury, the material flowed off Strem and onto the side of the large generator. Oh, this is like that scene in Willy Wonka. So this is Strem's goo? Yeah, my goo! The structure was the tip of the mechanical iceberg. Yikes. The portion of the generator that protruded above the room's concrete floor was the size of Tony's apartment back in New Mexico. God, this guy. Fucking However... Schlub. Its bowels extended deep into the ground, where they were attached to a turbine turned by the tremendous power of the lake's escaping depths. Now, the tiny machines flowed into a new shape on the upper portion of the massive generator. 
It looked like someone had added a new futuristic device to it. Sounds like Dean loves the Hoover Dam. Yeah. He's been. You know he went. This guy went to the Hoover Dam and was like, man, how can I incorporate this into my next story? Damn, I love these generators. (laughs) Gotta write about these. Two silvery snakes streamed from the new machine and disappeared through a vent hole, winding their way deeper into the generator. During their drive through Arizona, Tony had learned that the tiny machines were actually microscopic robots constructed at the atomic level. She kind of said that earlier. Yeah. He just discovered that. She said it's like the first thing she said to him. A little, little slow on the uptake there. He couldn't imagine the technology required to manipulate individual atoms, but Strem assured him that even Earth-based technology would master the basic physics in the next few decades. Although creating computers and robots at that level likely lay far in our future. Yeah. Wrong. Like, Sorry. Like 20 years. Wait. Computers. No. Oh. Come on. Hey, you meant like atomic microbots. Atomic-sized robots? Yeah. Well, we're almost there, probably. Uh, well, that's that was good. I like that. I like a little action scene at the Hoover Dam. Yeah, it's fun. They're sneaking around. I like. That's a little sad. She's wearing his dead wife's clothes. Well, that's kind of strange. I don't know. I really love to know how they ended but up in that. Outfit. It's real fun because they're matching. Yeah, that's cool. And he probably reminds that one almost of his makes wife. it worse. That'd be a good scene in a movie. I think they're gonna fall in love, right? No, she's. Like and then robot. she's gonna die from that horrifying cough. Yes, <laughs> she. I think something's wrong. Maybe she's Maybe not she's, used to the atmosphere. They're really setting up a future death for her, which I can't wait for. That's gonna be fun. Uh, well, you know, Tony seems like a big fucking idiot, and uh, Strem seems like she is probably on her deathbed. What's wrong with Tony? Why is he an idiot? Because uh, why are they dressed in Hawaiian clothes? Because they're, they're tourists, tourists from is, Hawaii. Or something. This is what they stopped off at his apartment and grabbed some clothes. Yeah, Maybe. Uh, I just don't. I don't know about. Sounds this. like they. Flew around and drove to the dam. He was like, check it out. I can fly in circles. And I guess <laughs> she's like, cool. Oh, hell yeah. But let's not do that right now. Uh, we should actually do this other thing, but you can show me that later. And I guess the military is up to no good, as yeah, usual. As usual. It's a fucking imperialist piece of shit. Anyway, so let's get into uh, maybe the next part. Do you want to jump ahead? All right. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. All right. shit popping off at the hoover dam hope it all turned out well now we're jumping ahead to the 75 percent mark i really like strim i'm rooting for for strim hope she doesn't succumb to this horrifying cough and lives a long long happy life with tony and maybe his family if they find him or at least the kid fuck the wife i don't mean i mean there's just not enough clothes to go around uh anyway i think we should you ready to oh i might give strim the clothes Give Strem the clothes. clothes. Yeah. Naked. Boy. Okay. No, this is going off the rails. Uh, let's jump ahead now. 75%. Can you sh- hit us with the first, the, the whatever chapter page? Fuck it. God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's not the right voice. Who is it, Strem? Get it together. <clears throat> this is a new voice. Oh. Flim? That's one hell of a connection, Admiral. Oh, no. Oh, no. Murphy? President Truman said. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. Oh, that's the best reveal. That sounded just like him. Well, President oh, Truman. man. He's remembered by them. He famously voice. had that voice. The two men stood side by side in front of the long curving surface that formed the back of the Admiral's office. Several weapons adorned the wall. Everything from small arms with vaguely similar designs to larger alien devices. Ooh, yeah. Love those big ones. Tony would have been lucky to correctly identify the business end of most of those weapons. 
Positioned behind the pair of leaders, he stood next to the two generals that had welcomed the president and nearly overseen the destruction of a goodly portion of the old USA. Hey, you're my favorite generals. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like Truman's fucked up quite a bit if half yeah. USA, USA's gone. What a critique. But boy, Truman. we saved the Hoover Dam. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that dam's still it's, working. It's the Truman Dam now. <laughs> Truman pointed to one of the displayed weapons. Well, that one looks very familiar, see? <laughs> oh, boy. God. Tecuma nodded. It is one of my favorites. Wait, who? Tecuma? Yeah. Is this? Okay, we don't know. Strim's brother? It sounds like an alien name to me. Okay, so it has the same voice as Strim, it sounds like. Correct. (laughs) It is one of my favorites. Ancient. Several tens of thousands of your years. He paused and gave the president a meaningful look. Oh, that's a dude. Dude alien, sorry. Yeah. That sounded like a dude to me. That's just a good alien voice. I think you're doing great. Also, gender's fluid. It was constructed by our ancestors. Oh, well, maybe not. Tony blinked and did a double not take. Ganesh. <laughs> not from this alien world. The weapon appeared to only be a few years old, Very and with a couple of exceptions, it looked like something you could buy today on Earth. Oh, four ninety nine. The president nodded contemplatively. I have one very similar, see? <laughs> Why is he an old time gangster? It's just the time. Oh. It's that's true. Right. Tecuma returned the nod and pointed to Truman's side. Yes, I believe it's right there. <laughs> President Truman grinned. Yep, you got me. I carry it often. What surprise you let me in here with it, but President- I have no doubt you'll easily disable it if I try to do something foolish. President <laughs> Truman's packing heat? Yeah. Damn. I, like, I'm thinking some, there's some innuendos in this yes. scene. Truman's coming straight. He's talking about his... Get a load of this gun, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, there, Mur- look at it. Muroc, whatever the fuck your name is. It's a double barrel. Boom, boom. <laughs> Come on now. Tecuma gave him a knowing smile and dipped his head. Truman gestured to the pistol on the wall and opened his blazer, showing the admiral a sidearm. Wait, this alien's wearing a blazer? No, Truman. Oh, that's the president. <laughs> Sorry. This is like a blazer. Cool gun. Do this, you mind? This blazer is 10,000 years old. <laughs> Please, Tecuma said. The president reached in and pulled a silver revolver from a hidden shoulder holster. Raising it in a non-threatening manner, he positioned the pistol muzzle to muzzle (laughs) opposite the ancient Argonian revolver. Check it out. It's not even loaded. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Sorry. I'm just the president. Similarities in size and layout were remarkable. A little size contest. Yeah. Truman grinned and said, This is one of tens of thousands of years newer. It's an original 1873 model. The first year Colt made the single-action army revolver. It's still an old-ass gun, Truman's dude. carrying around an 80-year-old gun to fight the aliens. <laughs> that makes it, oh, about 74 years old. Yeah, I did the math quick. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Vindicated. He paused, raising the Colt a shade, then smiling wryly. One whole year older than me. Oh, wow, what? He was old. Makes you think, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Good riddance. Tecuma uh, nodded appreciably. Yeah, yeah. Then he gestured to the collection of weapons. Got a load of these. I keep these as a reminder of our violent beginnings, so that I remember our base... He frowned. Our base nature. President Truman, the first and only man ever to order a nuclear attack, nodded thoughtfully. Then he turned and offered Tecuma his ancient Colt revolver. <laughs> Please accept this pistol as a gift, Admiral. Tecuma looked uncomfortable for a moment. Took it, shot him in the chest. Damn! <laughs> oh! But then he smiled and took the offered revolver. He stepped up to the display and made a show of positioning it muzzle to muzzle opposite the Argonian one. Touching tips? That's how... <laughs> oh, boy. 
Tony saw the other men do a double take when the wall changed shape to support the new item. They're kissing. The Admiral stepped back. He turned and gave a curt nod to the President. Thank you, President Harry S. Truman. You're nailing all the curt stuff in this book, by the way. It's very good. Very curt. I know a couple curts. Truman smiled broadly and stuck out his hand. Call me Harry. Tecuma nodded and shook it. No. <laughs> <laughs> then he gave the president a crooked grin. Okay, Harry, you can call me Admiral. <laughs> Damn, real casual. Not Tecuma. You can call me Daddy. Truman blinked and his smile faded a notch. After an uncomfortable silence, the president released the man's hand and stepped back. He's a man? A hard, serious expression took over his features. All right, Admiral, what do you uh, what do you want from us? Uh, the whole damn country. <laughs> the whole damn world. Oh, please and thanks. <laughs> With he, a bow, please. <laughs> he pointed to Tony. Thanks to Major Spinelli. And a Tommy I, Bahama gift card. <laughs> I like that shirt. You can keep the Hoover down. Thanks to Major Spinelli, I do understand why you came here in the first place. But why have you invited us onto your ship and into your office, see? What do you do in ten? <laughs> The slightest, see. see. <laughs> the Admiral nodded. I shall tell you. He gestured to the room's occupants and then to a smooth expanse of open floor. Gentlemen, please have a seat. The General and President exchanged confused glances. Then they stepped back as sections of the deck suddenly raised, flowing into shape of chairs. <gasps> These beautiful chairs. Tony had seen this in the vision of Strem's home. It looked like a time-lapsed film of melting ice sculpture, run in reverse, and greatly accelerated. Wow. What? <laughs> Dean, chill out, buddy. Dean, come on. I don't believe it. Two chairs manifested facing Tecumus' dark wood grain desk. Wow, gotta look at this guy's wood grain. <laughs> These aliens can fly all around. They have a fucking desk. That's right. Nice desk. They have a nice wood desks. mahogany. An additional two seats formed left and right of the pair, but further back. Truman stepped up to one of the center two seats. The ranking general stepped up to stand next to him. The admiral shook his head. No, this is for Major Spinelli. Ooh, where is he? Ooh. Tony, come out, come out wherever you are. Tony felt his face redden as everyone turned to look at him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Tony? With the dead family? Tony Spinelli with the dead kids? Oh, brother. No, oh, gosh. Oh. I couldn't. I couldn't do Oh, it. President Truman. Don't you, make me speak, you please. No, oh, gosh. Uh. He shook his head and stepped back, gesturing toward the seat. Uh, no, no, thank you, sir. Tecuma <laughs> held up a hand, cutting him off. Fine, okay. He hoisted an eyebrow. This is not a negotiation, Major. The Admiral held out both hands. Come Everyone, take please my sit. <laughs> he regarded Tony with the eyebrow again and pointed for him to sit next to the President. Tony stepped up to the indicated seat and cast an apologetic glance at the generals. As everyone sat, Tecuma pointed at Tony. My liaison, Major Spinelli, has already told you that we are of the same people. I believe that humans, as you call yourself, are descendants of a lost Argonian colony. Dude, Argonian. That's from Elder Scrolls. Dean, we know. We know what you're doing. Dean, don't steal your race names. Truman tilted his head. Uh, that makes no sense. How do you misplace an entire colony? This guy's voice is off the map. The Admiral spent the next several minutes briefing the President on the history of the Argonian people and their development. <laughs> Just a quick couple of minutes. Uh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> brief on the apparently tens of thousands of year history and of the Argonians. West Argonia, born and raised. Oh, How these Lord. began to spread across the galaxy tens of thousands of years ago, not long after making of the ancient revolver that now rested across from the cult. 
Near the end of the briefing, a room-spanning model of the Milky Way galaxy popped into existence over their heads. Yo. Do they even know what that was? Like, what is all this stuff? <laughs> At first... They knew. Okay. At first, Tony thought it was another trick of the micro-machines in his brain. <laughs> damn micro-machines. <laughs> God damn these machines. I'm seeing shit. God, Tony's just like on the hot desert floor. Slowly dying. This is all just in his imagination. He crashes. Yeah, he's still stuck in the gum. His family's still alive. Oh. He's the one that's missing. There's the <gasps> twist. Ooh. Dean, take notes. But then he saw the other men staring up at it with open mouth wonder. He reached overhead and probed the glowing dust of stars. Unlike the virtual images, the light of these stars illuminated his hand. However, they didn't react to his touch. The mottled points of light appeared to pass right through his fingers. Beautiful. Trippy. Oh, that's it? We're stopping there? I mean, I can keep going. Uh, no, I mean, that's a pretty good scene. Good. Yeah, this, pretty good just what's this going has on. been pretty peaceful. I mean, the damn president's in this scene. That's seems pretty like they're on, yeah. a, on the ship. Who knew the president would be in this? Why is the president on an alien ship? This seems like a massive security breach. They Secret can, Service can't cover that place. Maybe they just yanked him up. Hey, come on up, Harry. And bring your It was a different time. I think people were pretty trusting. Yeah, that's right. They weren't black aliens, so Truman jumped right up. Uh, well, I think that I am pretty into it. I mean, I'm curious. It seems honestly like kind of a happy story so far, minus apparently America has been destroyed, but everybody's getting along in all these passages. A lot of real friendly talk. Oh yeah. They just like, they just casually were like, America's half gone. They went, they <laughs> went, um, gun to gun. Gun to gun. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Some sort of male ritual. Uh, well, of the Argonian race. Truman seemed a little apprehensive to touch his gun with the man's gun. No, he seemed yeah, he was he eager, very eager to do it. He loved to do it. He loves to do I it. I think he was still. the instigator in that in that scene. Well, he's a gun toucher. He clanked the tip. Yikes! All right, uh, I think that we should hop on ahead down to the last page and yeah, see. Let's just wrap this. Yeah, baby let's up. wrap this. Let's bitch see up. how it goes. Whoa, language. Let's wrap this baby up. <laughs> pretty eventful book so far so i think just to recap we started off with a pilot who was abducted by aliens yep. uh turned out to be a pretty friendly woman named strap strim strim not strap uh and then they went to the hoover dam dressed she in might have had strap she she had a nasty cough god knows what happened to her uh they went to the hoover dam caused a ruckus the engineers were none the wiser uh, and then next thing we know, we're on the ship with President Harry S. Truman, and he's got himself a 100-year-old gun. And he's giving it up as a gift. And they're touching and it in together. I think they mentioned that the continental U.S. has been blown up. Yeah, something, Half of it, something, yeah. something like that. It was kind of inconsequential to the rest of the story. But either way, that's where we are. A lot of shit's gone down, and I say, it's about time. We go to the very last page and see how this thing ends. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. At Tecuma's instructions, Tony followed a series of flowing lights up a long corridor. The interior of the massive ship looked like something right out of a European Gothic cathedral. Ooh. Ahead, the stream of gold light that ran along the floor turned and disappeared through a tall doorway. Bronze-colored fluted casing framed an opening that had a pointed arch at its peak. Tony reached the bend and stepped through. Mouth agape, he walked into the cavernous room uh-huh. beyond. Oh, wow. Lordy. Just a pilot. It Just... looked as if he had stepped into an arena-sized terrarium. Now standing in its middle, 
Tony slowly turns, scanning Aww. the room's interior. Is he in a human zoo? Ooh. I hope so. I would love that. Rocky outcroppings protruded from every corner of the terrarium as well as its walls, floor, and ceiling. Plants of varying color and textures adorned each. He even saw small animals scurrying amongst them, moving too fast for him to identify shape or form. Is that my family? Turning from the doorway in his tall, pointed arch, Tony flinched and stepped back. <laughs> Holy shit, you scared the hell... He stopped mid-sentence, <laughs> wow. blinking. Sincere scare. <laughs> Tony stared open-mouthed at the person who had somehow snuck in as he'd surveyed the room. Ooh. Strem? <gasps> Strem! Come back, Strem. The woman smiled and nodded. Strem! Hell yeah! Good to see you. Tony shouted and stepped up to throw <laughs> his arm around her. <laughs> Strem, please! Strem, Strem, oh, I thought you were better. Go to the doctor. But they passed right through the woman. His momentum carried him forward, and then he passed through her entire body, too. Oh, no, she's a hologram? No! Dude, he's in a human zoo. Tony stumbled, but remained on his feet. When he turned back to Strem, he realized that this was another projection, similar to the one that he had modeled the Milky Way in Admiral Takema's office. Well, that just happened. You're not real. <laughs> Damn. Hey, I know real. That's not real. Tony said, suddenly dejected. I was friends with real, sir. You are no real. This was like rubbing salt in the wound, showing him the life he'd failed to save. Alice's Strim died. Yikes, that cough came back to bite her. He started to walk out, but then Apparition raised an arm. Tony, wait. He stopped mid-step and then slowly turned toward her. Strem? He nodded again. (laughs) Is that you, Strem? He he shook his head. Strem, I haven't seen you in 30 seconds. Strem, just walked through you. Kind of forgot you were there. How can this be? Strim tapped her temple as she had in the Hoover Dam parking lot. Think about it, dipshit. <laughs> Can. <laughs> I told you, it's all up here. What? What does that mean? You're not here? This is just a simulation of some sort. It's the brain monsters, the little <gasps> micro machines. No, this is me. Thanks to you, I'm whole again. Tony waved a hand through her body. Nah. Uh, you don't seem whole to me. She smiled and tapped her temple again. I am whole in here. And where? <laughs> Tony, we're not getting the, the nuance of the conversation here with Strem. Her head tilted as she considered her words. Then Strem nodded. You would call it a computer, but it is much more. All deployed or traveling Argonians reside in both their bodies and in their computer. Oh. It's a parallel existence maintained in real time by communications that pal- pass through a hole in the folded space. Never mind. Tony definitely should not have understood that. Sorry. But your ship lost its <laughs> communications link when it lost the antimatter chamber. Oh, he knows. Strim nodded. Yes, so I was disconnected from my computer, based half. Now that you have returned my body and the memories it contained, you're whole again. Tony finished for her. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Tony. Yes, my stream of consciousness is again one, and I am home now in Argonia. Suddenly, a man holding a baby manifested out of thin air standing next to Strim. This is yours now. Hi, I'm Grim. <laughs> he nodded to Tony. Thank you. <laughs> he said in an accent even thicker than Strem's. Wow. Then he nodded again and disappeared. Tony blinked and looked at Strem. That was a real mindfuck. <laughs> yeah. They are in there with you? Only until I get my new body. Tony's head spun with the idea of it. And this one's a ten. <laughs> <laughs> he stared at the floor. A million questions stormed through him, but the only one mattered. What about his own wife and daughter? He looked up to see Strem shaking her head. They did. A, a profoundly sad look on her face. 
No, Tony, we can't bring them back. His head lowered, eyes returning to the floor. Because they're already here. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> Daddy! <laughs> Tony, I missed you. We're okay. This is all one big prank. We love you, Tony. <laughs> and you just want a new car! What the fuck? <laughs> but you did save me from my husband and from my baby. Tony shook his head. No, you had a copy running in the computer. I didn't save you. He looked up and saw Strem's head shaking again. You made me whole. There are complications when there is a break in the continuity of one's consciousness. God, we don't need to know all this blah, shit. Body, body, blah, 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 blah. It leaves the computer-based version feeling like a mere copy. She shivered, and her, and her <laughs> eyes drifted from him. Finally, she looked at him and smiled. Thank you, Major Anthony Spinelli. You truly did save me. Tony's Tony, a hero. Tony stared at her for a long moment. This sucks. <laughs> Then he felt something loosen inside him. <laughs> Am like I an, dead or what? <laughs> like an unrealized knot suddenly easing. Like, can I leave? <laughs> Is there like a house for me here? Because I need to go like find a new family. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> not all the way, not even half, but he thought this, this might be bearable. I, I think, I think you saved me, Strem. Oh. <gasps> Isn't that always the case? She didn't respond. Yeah. Only gave him her Mona Lisa smile. Finally, Strem said, interesting and challenging times ahead for you and your people. Thanks. <laughs> Tony returned the nod. Yeah, right? Yes. Yes, there are. Oh. Do you think your leaders will adjust? Tony rubbed the back of his neck and shook his head. No. <laughs> I don't know. President Truman was none too happy about Tecumus conditions. He frowned and then shrugged. Time will tell. Strem nodded. Unfortunately, time is an asset of which your people will have, perhaps, too much... Tony nodded again. Perhaps, but I'll take today. He smiled, hopefully. Tony pretending like he understands all this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, today's good, right? That's sure. Whatever. It's uh, as good a day as any. <laughs> Do I get breakfast or what's going on? Oh, that was the last That's line. That's it. Oh. oh. So what is he eternally damned to this? Uh, uh, like, uh, uh, what is it? Terrarium? Terrarium. That's. I don't know. I guess. Jesus Christ. That's grim. Well, it seems like uh, Srem got... A whole lot of positives out of this. She got everything she wanted back. She's back with her, I guess, husband and, and child. Her and alien baby. Mission accomplished for Strim. Meanwhile, poor Tony's family still dead. Most of his I, country's dead. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like gone. he thought he had something going on with Strem, and then that turned out to be... It seemed like the president didn't really respect him. Just based on their interactions on the uh, ship. Yeah. And then now he's trapped for eternity... In some sort of cage. So. And I guess Eisenhower's about to run for president. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that would still be the same. Yeah. Uh, half the country's gone, but uh, I like Ike, baby. Which half? The better half? Uh, the middle part. Oh. So actually, everything's way better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just kidding. Just but what kidding. about my corn? Hey. Corn's important, man. What do you think we make all this syrup out of? Uh, I think that that was a pretty interesting <laughs> book. Really grim. Yeah. Uh, we also don't really know what happened to Strem. Well, no, Strem seems like she's no, no, doing but just I mean, like, oh, I want to like, see her final, like, mortal moments. Her, when she shook her mortal coil, just yeah. coughing. Oh, like, oh, like, oh, <laughs> oh, I am going to sleep. The Hoover Dam police shot her to death as she <laughs> coughed loudly. Get off my dam! <laughs> like the fugitive? No, that's the... That's yeah. the Air Force one. Get off my plane! Get, uh, 
fugitive is where Tommy Jones goes, I don't care, right? Oh, it's yeah. kind of a, sim- uh, a mashup of the two. Um, anyway, I think that poor Tony, I feel really sad about that. Is This isn't a series, though, right? It uh, is. This is a prequel, so there's you know, a, a, another book, which I'd, we... I'd love to get my hands on. Well, you if like, it's free, you, maybe we'll read it. I think that should be point. our first sequel book that we read. Yeah, not yeah. not next, but in the upcoming episodes, yeah, we'll we're, yeah, we're yeah, going to continue the yeah. story of sweet little baby Tony Spinelli and I'm his dead-ass family. He could be like a superhero. He's got all these machines in his brain now. Hell yeah. Mm. That's pretty cool. I'd pay top dollar for that. Yeah. And this guy got it for free. It's kind of like uh, Green Lantern-y. He's like a pilot getting caught by aliens. Yeah. That's what Hal Jordan was. Did Hal Jordan's family die? Uh, I don't think he had a family. Oh. No, it's about Didn't the, Hal Jordan like die? the same thing. Hey, spoiler. Well, yeah, later... Like, way later. He was a Green Lantern for, like, a long time. I think they brought him back, too. Wow. Well, (laughs) maybe we should read a book of Green Lantern. Lantern. Yeah, we should. That's not free, though. No. Uh, But I bet we could get the movie for free. Yeah, the movie is shit. Yeah. Uh, Well, all right. I think that was a pretty good book. Should we we cast this thing? Well, first, got to give it either our approval or disapproval. Do we recommend this book or... I don't feel like we do that every time, but you know what? I do. I, yeah, I recommend it. I mean, it's a pretty sad ending, but I guess it's a prequel, so they're kind of presupposing that you know what happens to the character next, so it's like you're not really that upset about it. But to me, the uh, the uninformed reader uh, seems like he's in for a long, painful road. It's pretty cool. I really like the scene on at the dam when they're sneaking around. That's yeah, fun. I wanted to see that as a movie. Yeah, it's fun. Kind of reminded me of Richie Rich, where they're at Mount Rushmore. <gasps> That's right. Uh, and which, he falls. What does the mom fall out of the face? Yeah, she like doesn't she grab onto Teddy Roosevelt's like glasses or some shit. No, she. It's like their faces. Oh, that's right. It's their face. And she like falls in the... Oh, I'm the, confusing it with North by Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar movie. Well, you know I mean, that, scene, that one scene anyway. And Richie Rich. Where, like, <laughs> yeah, the, they have their own faces on a mountain. The dust cropper comes flying in and yeah, crop duster, sorry, yeah, comes dust flying cropper. in shooting at Richie Rich in the field. Yeah. He's running down the street. And Richie Rich has his own McDonald's. Man, that shit was wild. So speaking of movies, let's go ahead and cast this. Okay. If we were to make a movie version of... Sector 64. Okay. First so contact. Tony, little baby Anthony, sweet Anthony down the block with the plane. So he's a tough pilot. Uh, t- well, is he tough? I don't know if he's tough. He kind of fucked up a lot. He's a, a pilot. He's a pilot. He yeah. could fly a plane. So, and, and nearly any man would do. Um, uh, not to say women can't fly a plane, but Tony, he's a man's man based on this book. Mm. I'm seeing Sam Rockwell. That's good. Wow. Okay. No, Sam Rockwell's too cheeky, though. He can, he can play anything. He doesn't strike Tony's kind of dull. Say, like a Tom Hanks. No, he doesn't have to be dull. You gotta, he's the main character. you got to vamp him up. For the movie. I don't see this as a Hanks uh, vehicle. This isn't Hanks for you? Hmm. This isn't Hanks material for me. Uh, well, Colin he, could play, Hanks. he could play Truman. <laughs> Colin Hanks, I could see. <laughs> Tom Hanks is Truman. I actually wouldn't mind that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, man, Tony. I am having trouble... This is one of the first ones I can't really put my finger on. I want to say, like, Sylvester Stallone? No. In his prime? All right, Frank Stallone? No. (laughs) This is more of a Frank than a Sylvester, frankly. Maybe like like a Luke Wilson? I could see that. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think we've hit on a couple Tonys. Uh, Uh, Who's going to play Strim? Oh, baby. No, this is the role of a lifetime. Charlize Theron. That's not bad. Easy. That's Maybe not bad. Easy. And she's South African. 
Oh, shit. Well, damn, I Boom. think that pretty much stomps. You got it, Charlize. Any other recommendation? Yeah, Charlize, yours. you did it. It's yours. You it. Give us a call. We'll and hook you up with uh, this role. And what about Tecuma? Because we're going to make this. Don't really know much about Tecuma. Tecuma I can't really get a handle on. I'm going to say he's a Danny Trejo. I'm going to say like a, <laughs> a Trejo would be good. I was thinking like a Fassbender. Your Trejos, your Fassbenders, you know. This yeah. Is <laughs> one of those types. <laughs> you know, that's a, an archetype. Can you shoot a GC as a... One of those devil That's honestly impressive that you remembered his name. Types. Yeah. What, what was his name? Tecuma. <laughs> How did you remember? Okay. No, no, I like the name. What do you think, Anish? No, I, <laughs> I, I name my first more Tecuma. <laughs> I think you guys are on the right track. So. Oh, wow. No input. Okay. I like that. I like that about you. Uh, what other characters? Um, that's kind of it, isn't it? It's really yeah. weren't, there really weren't too many. Um, the weird robot husband at the end. The oh, husband. yeah. Um, I don't know. Like maybe uh, Craig T. Nelson type. There you go. Craig. Uh, all right. So I think that does it. Um, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> that's a Paul Giamatti. Hey. <laughs> and then the baby's Harvey Firestein. Hello. Hello. Mama. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I think that that is a cap on another terrific episode of the award-winning podcast, Amazon Book Club. I love the sci-fi. Let's keep it up with the sci-fi. I think sci-fi. we got to keep the sci-fi going. No, I'm getting tired of the romance. I mean, it has its place, but I like I like it as sci-fi. Uh, all right. I think on that note, you can hit us up on the internet. On Facebook and Twitter, we are AMZN Book Club. Uh, we can go to bookclubpodcast.com or just check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, or wherever you else find a podcast or don't iTunes, who cares what, what you really need to do is go on iTunes open up our page yep. play it a whole bunch of times yep. press five stars yep. you don't have to listen to it yep. god knows I don't put it on loop yeah put it on loop let that baby loop let it play rocket yep. us rocket us up the goddamn charts and uh, that's really all I want out of this I want that sweet sweet money uh, is there money involved? Yeah, I think you get ten thousand dollars per one hundred listens. Wow, what I heard. Um, let's I'm get not... let's get like five listens. That'd yeah. be pretty good. Well, we get more than we get. We get way more. Listen, folks, I'm not trying to be braggadocious, but we get way more than five listens per episode. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're hitting the top ten. I think it's Russian bots, buddy. Woof. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks <laughs> to Morris Freeze for the music. Chris Linguist for the artwork. Yeah. Uh, we will see y'all next week. Have hey. a good life. Later.